Let's open our Bibles this morning to Psalm 19 once again. Last week we read the 19th Psalm and we considered the clear and faithful testimonies of both creation and the Word of God. And those testimonies are proof of the existence of God and the the very character of God. And we emphasized that last week. And in the light of the undeniable evidence that God is God and that He's a good God, then the psalmist concludes that 19th Psalm with the fact that that evidence should cause us to want to live to please the Lord in every area of our life. He's, he's our creator. And then beyond that, he is our savior. Jesus redeemed us back to our creator by his shed blood on the cross. Now, in that psalm, we read that the psalmist used seven adjectives to describe the word of God. As Brother Kyle was, was praying and was thanking God for the, the worth and the value of the word of God, we want to emphasize that this morning from this, this same psalm. So let's go back to Psalm 19. We'll read verses 7 through 14, and we'll briefly consider the description that the psalmist gives of the Word of God and how that we can trust it, and therefore we should live our life according to the truth that's revealed in the Word of God. And and that Word testifies that God is real and that He exists. Psalm 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Notice after each description, after each adjective, we see that because that's true, there's a certain result that happens because of that. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable or pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. The seven adjectives that that the psalmist uses here is perfect, sure, Right, pure, clean, actually it describes the fear of the Lord, but the fear of the Lord is the result of the revelation from God's word, true and righteous. So let's briefly look at these descriptions and how they should impact and will impact our life if we believe them. The law of the Lord, verse 7, is perfect, converting the soul. The word perfect in Hebrew there means complete, entire, sound, and whole. Pretty much what we would understand perfect to mean. The Word of God gives us the complete revelation of who God is and what His will is for the human race. That plan of redemption from from Genesis all the way to Revelation 
It's the same revelation, which again is evidence that it comes from one mind. God used many different individuals and vessels and instruments to to reveal, to write down that will, but it comes from the divine mind of God. Our creator wanted to communicate to us so that we would know why he created us. Because the Bible is complete and because it is sound, because it reveals God's plan of redemption, it and it alone has the power to convert the soul. The Hebrew word that's translated converting in in this psalm means to turn back, or literally it means to return home. Because the word of God, because it is complete, because it's perfect, it has the ability to return us back to our creator, to reconcile us back to him into a relationship of peace where we can enjoy all that God intended for us to enjoy. Let's go to 1 Timothy 2 and verses 3 to 6. The plan of God, the word of God, is perfect. There's nothing more that we need to add to it in order to be reconciled back to God. In 1 Timothy 2, 3 to 6, what does that word reveal to us? For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved. God wants all men to be saved. He's made the provision. His provision is for whosoever will. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. What is that truth? There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. That's a complete word. That's a complete redemption, a complete salvation. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, these, these scriptures are probably not unfamiliar to most of us, but we need to understand them in the context of what the psalmist says. It's a pure word that converts the soul. It's the only message that can save and give eternal life. It's a simple message. It's perfect. Nor is there salvation in any other, Acts 4.12. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved period, complete, finished. It can convert the soul. This is why we can say that any other religion, any other philosophy that contradicts this perfect word, it's complete, any other religion, any other philosophy, we know that it's wrong because we have the perfect word of God. He went to a lot of trouble to protect this word, to give this word, this revelation, And when we accept that perfect word, we are converted, returned home, reconciled back to our creator. And when we accept this perfect word, that there's salvation in Jesus and Jesus alone, then we find out that we ourselves are made perfect. You can jot down Hebrews 12 and verses 22 to 24, where it talks about the spirits of just men made perfect Well, how were we made perfect, entire, whole, from the perfect word of God? We believed it. We received it. If you want to turn to Colossians 2, 8 to 10, we are made perfect, Paul says. But he also gives us some warning about accepting any other word, any other philosophy, religion that says there's many ways to God. 
that we just need to love one another or we just need to do this or join that or do so many ceremonies. The Apostle Paul says in Colossians 2.8, Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy or empty deceit. That's, that's the opposite of something that's whole and complete, isn't it? Empty deceit. According to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you, you who believe this word, are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. I lack nothing to be accepted by my creator. I lack absolutely nothing. Oh, you say, Brother Doug, I know you. You have some lacks. (laughs) No, I've accepted the perfect word of God. I have eternal life. The Bible is sure. The testimony of the Lord is sure. And what impact does that have on us? It makes wise the simple. Any simpletons here this morning? (laughs) Yeah, pretty simple. But I can be made wise with eternal wisdom. The word sure, it means to support to be firm, faithful, established. In other words, to be trustworthy. It's not going to change. And it makes those who believe it, who receive it, who heed the instructions of the word, it makes you wise. Wisdom is the proper use of knowledge in a way that is profitable, in a way that leads to success. I want to be wise. And it's not enough just to have knowledge. Wisdom is to use that knowledge in a way that is appropriate, that is correct, and that leads to success. Jesus taught the parable of the foolish man who built his house upon the sand. When the rain and the storms and the wind came, what happened to that house that was built on that shifting sand? It came crashing down. But then he also told about the wise man who built his house on the rock. Built his house upon the rock. Why? Because it was solid. And when the rains and the wind and the storm came, his house stood because his foundation was sure. You build your life on the word of God. You're building on a sure foundation. It will not cause your life to be worthless, to come to ruin. Hebrews 12 and verse 28. Build your life on the word of God and its instructions. It'll make you wise. It'll cause you to live your life in a way that is eternally prosperous. Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. We are receiving an unshakable kingdom, and we know about that kingdom, we become a part of that kingdom because of the sure word of God. It causes us to make the right decision, the wise decision for life. The Bible is right. The statutes of the Lord, verse 8 of Psalm 19, the statutes of the Lord are right. And how does that impact us? Rejoicing the heart. The word right, it means to be straight, and to be correct. And those who apply the instructions, the statutes, the principles of God's word, it's going to cause you to rejoice, which goes beyond happy. There's nothing wrong with being happy. In fact, I prefer happiness to sadness. But happiness and, and, and joy are two different things. Happiness is based on your circumstance. Someone gives you a 
a gift for Christmas and it's just what you wanted, it's going to make you happy, isn't it? You find out one of your loved ones have passed away. What's that circumstance going to do for you? It's going to make you sad. And there's nothing wrong or sinful about that. That's just the reality of emotions. But joy is something that goes beyond that. It's not based on circumstance. It's based on knowing the right word of God. That's always right. That tells me that all things are working for my good, even when I can't see it or understand it. Joy is knowing I'm all right. This circumstance makes me sad. It makes me weep. But I have joy that is unshakable, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Believing the word of God will produce that in you, knowing that it's correct, knowing that it's right. In Luke eleven twenty eight, Jesus said these words. He said, blessed are those who hear the word and keep it. The word blessed means happy. Often the joy of the Lord leads to happiness, doesn't it? Sometimes in the midst of tears, just knowing that what God said is right. Your circumstance cannot annul the right word of God. It's always right. Believe it. The word of God is pure. Verse 8 also, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. It causes you to see things as they are. The word pure in Hebrew, it has various meanings, but it, it means to be something that is beloved, something that's choice, something that is clear and clean, without contamination, is kind of the thought. The Word of God is not contaminated with that which is false. And because of that, it brings light. The Word of God will cause you to see things as they really are. Every decision in life, there, there, Satan, his chief talent is deceit. He likes to deceive us into thinking, you'll find joy and peace in this relationship, in this activity, in this way of living. Just, just do it. You'll, you'll have fun. It, it'll be good. But if it's contrary to God's instruction for how we as Christians should live, it's a lie. It's a deceit. It is full of corruption. But the Word of God will never lie to you. It's pure. And that way you can see things for what they really are. In Ephesians 5, we won't turn there for time's sake, but in Ephesians 5, 8 through 14, Ephesians 5, 8 through 14, we are children of light, and therefore we are to walk in the light. And only the pure word of God can give us that light to see what we need to see. We can see the dangers because the word of God reveals it to us. We can see the dangers of immorality, of drunkenness, of deceit. We don't look at the instructions of the Word of God is a burden, like so many Christians do. The world certainly does. They think it's just a book full of do's and don'ts. But a child of God who understands, who believes and receives the pure Word of God, we don't see it as a burden. We see it as a privilege to be able to know the things that are good for us because our Creator has revealed. He created us. He knows what we need to live a life that is prosperous, that is full of all that he intends for us to enjoy. That light brings safety, just like natural light. That's why we have security lights at night. It brings safety and security. You live your life according to the pure word of God and the light of God's word, you will be safe. You will be enlightened. Oh, I see. You don't have, you don't have to guess about life and choices. 
the Word of God sheds light on that. Thank God for the pure light of His Word. The Bible is clean. Verse 9, it says, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. It's verse 9 of Psalm 19. The fear of the Lord. And again, the only way that we can stand in awe of God is to know who He is. And that's what the psalmist in Psalm 19 has revealed to us. God is the creator of all things. We stand in awe of Him. And it's because of His Word we have that understanding that we can stand in awe of Him. So the fear of the Lord, the Word of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. It's without contamination. Man's wisdom, it has to keep being updated, doesn't it? I thank God for for science and technology and medicine and all these things. A lot of Christians just like to poo-poo all that and all that's just man and we have faith. I thank God for what he's let men accomplish in science and technology. I have a few technological tools I'm using here. I thank God for those things. But man has to keep improving his knowledge, doesn't he? Has to keep updating it because it's full of a little bit of corruption, that which is false, because we don't know. But we serve a God who has given us a word that is without contamination. It's always true. We live in a world today, one of the, one of the popular phrases is, uh, you speak your truth. That phrase is absolutely ridiculous, because if my truth contradicts your truth, they both can't be true. It's ridiculous. There's only one truth, and it's the Word of God. Luke 21, 33, let's read this. The fear of the Lord is clean. The Word of God is clean. It's without contamination, therefore it'll never fall apart. Luke 21, 33 says, heaven and earth will pass away. Oh, no, this... This earth is, it's been here a long time. It can, it can never pass away. God says it will. In fact, he says he's going to put it off like we put off old clothes. I've got a bunch of clothes that when this construction job's over, I'm throwing them away. <laughs> I'm done with them, and they got holes in them. God says this magnificent universe that he created just for me so that I can know him. He says one day he's going to throw it off like, Old clothes because he's done. It served its purpose. It brought Doug to reconciliation with me. That's what God's going to do one day. He's going to throw it off. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. I will be enjoying for eternity all that God's word has revealed to me. I hath not seen. We haven't even begun to imagine, but it will last forever. The Bible is true. Verse 9. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. The word true means established and trustworthy. There is just the one truth. Jesus in John 8 said, you'll know the truth. And what will it do? It'll set you free. You shall know the truth and it'll set you free. It'll set you free from sin and all of its consequences. And that truth is found only in one place, the Bible, the word of God. The Bible is Righteous, the judgments of the Lord are righteous. It means to be right. It means to be just. The judge of heaven and earth will always do what's right according to what he's revealed in his word. We're all going to be judged by his word. That's the standard that God is using. If there's a standard by which we're going to be judged, don't you think we need to know it? You can only know it from God's word. In school or on a job, if you're taking a a test, isn't it good to know 
the standard by which that test is going to be judged? How much more for life? It's righteous. And because it's the standard by which we're going to be judged, the psalmist goes on to say that it's more valuable than gold, than the finest gold possible. Because when this life is over, your gold will not buy you an entrance into heaven. Therefore, the word of God that reveals to you the standard of judgment, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. You believe that, that truth, that Bible is more precious than any riches you could find on this earth. It's even more necessary than your daily food. And that's pretty necessary, isn't it? I like my food. My body, God created it. I need food. But more than food, I need the Word of God. Because when this body dies, food's not going to help it. It can't give it eternal life. But the Word of God can. More precious than gold. More necessary. Sweeter than honey. The Word of God warns the believer of dangers. By the Word of God, we are warned, it says. We are warned of the dangers that are present in this life by choices of sin and carnality. And we're warned of the eternal judgment that comes. The Word of God does that for us. That's why it's so necessary for us to know it. When it's heated, when the Word of God is heated, obeyed, the result is pleasantness, it is desirable, and it leads to rewards. In Revelation 19, we see the highest reward for those that will obey God's instruction. The Word of God is righteous. And in Revelation 19, we read that those Christians that have surrendered to the rightness of God's Word for their life, they put on that wedding dress that is made up of the righteous acts. Acts that are done in obedience to the righteous Word of God. There is reward for listening to the Word of God, to heeding and living your life according to the Word. David closes this psalm, and we'll close with it as well. If you want to turn back to Psalm 19, knowing that the Word of God is all of these things, knowing that it comes from the mind of the Creator of heaven and earth, knowing that it points to a Savior that was born we celebrate his birth because it was necessary for the eternal Son of God to take on the form of man in order to allow him to die as a man on the cross as my representative for the human race, for the human race as a whole, but for me. He died my death. He was born so long, long ago for the purpose of dying, dying for my sins as my Savior. The Word of God has revealed that to me. And because of that, because I understand God's purpose for my life, the result should be verse 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable, pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. May that truly be our desire every day of our life. May we wake up with that thought. Lord, today I want to please you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the revelation of yourself and of your plan for my life. I rejoice in the word of God that points me to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's have a song in closing. We'll stand. <laughs> 